0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to our fifth official podcast. My name is Jessica.
1: This is Ethan.
2: And I'm Crystal.
0: And this is... What's, what's in, a, in a, name? a Name?
2: Oh, I actually forgot to say it that time. But what's in a name? <laughs>
0: this is Sabotage. <laughs> She's sabotaging us. Um, we're so excited to have you guys here as listeners, assuming someone's listening. Uh, <laughs> um, today, we're going to start off with a very intriguing question. So the question is what fictional place would you most like to go to?
2: So I would have to say Hogwarts. Your girl was obsessed with Harry Potter and I low-key was always hoping someone would come and take me away and tell me I was a witch and I had magical powers and things like that. Um, I'm still actually kind of hoping for it, but it's fading. (laughs) Hashtag ghost Slytherin.
0: Oh gosh. (laughs) Can you imagine um Hogwarts at Christmas time? That would be so incredible. Anyways, okay,
2: Ethan, what's your answer?
1: Uh it's funny you say Hogwarts, Crystal, because I was also kind of thinking the same thing, but I feel like that's a very cliche answer. Oh um, <laughs> but like, okay, also Hogwarts legitimately needs to be shut down. Like any school that is so casual about like soul-sucking demons roaming the campus (laughs) or like giant basilisks just like slithering around and petrifying students and then like literally murder murdering students like any school that's just so casual about that 100% needs to get shut down um so I thought about Hogwarts and then what I'm actually thinking instead is that I would go to Pallet Town and I'm not gonna say anything else about that it'll just be like a dog whistle for all those nerds out there, like I see you and I am one of you, but Pallet Town is where I would go.
0: Oh, goodness. Um, okay, I would say uh, I also thought of Hogwarts, were so basic, uh, but uh, doing something different, I would say it'd be so fun to go to um, Arendelle from Frozen. Um, I think it just seems like so magical. And there's actually a place in Germany that's, or in Austria, that's very similar to it. And I want to go there. But uh, the second one I would say is, uh, I would love to be in like the Pirates of the Caribbean, the the ride in Disney, but it's safe. Like no one's actually getting shot. Everyone's just hanging out. It's a good time. I think it'd be way fun.
1: So basically, you guys... none of that ride.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you guys Bye. notice a common uh, theme with Jessica's answers? There's always actually two.
0: I <laughs> she doesn't just thought. give one. <laughs> All right, Crystal out of me. I'll, I'll do better going forward, Crystal. <laughs> um, cool. Thank you, guys. So, I'm very excited to introduce today's topic. Um, today, we're going to be talking about vulnerability hangover. Uh, so, what better way to start the podcast than by being vulnerable, Um,
1: I knew I should have skipped this week. I should have like had somebody sub in for me. I even had a teaser about it next week and I still showed up. So I'm mortified.
0: Uh, Same, same. You guys will be fine. Don't worry. I'll take it easy on you. Uh, So in short, just to define vulnerability to start off, um, it's kind of just an uncertain, risky, emotional exposure type of feeling uh, and it's an unstable feeling we get when we step out of our comfort zone or do something that forces us to loosen the control that we typically like to have on our lives. Um, so knowing what vulnerability looks like, I want you to tell me about a time that you felt
2: really bu- vulnerable and how it felt. Um, so with me, I can tell you how it felt. It felt disgusting. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I just... I. And it's probably like a distorted view on vulnerability, but I feel like it's a way for someone to have leverage on you. And so I don't ever want to feel like someone has an upper hand on me. Mm. Um, But uh, one time when I was vulnerable was actually with a, uh, my middle school therapist Um, as a young child, a lot of different emotions and dealing with those things were very hard. And I wasn't dealing in the best way. And so I, I talked with him and to this day, Almost 20 years later, we are actually still very close um, because he was probably one of the few people in my life that I've actually felt comfortable being vulnerable with.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, Crystal. Ethan, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I feel like me and Crystal are like the two worst people to talk about this <laughs> because I feel like we're both just so cynical about vulnerability. Um Crystal, I'm glad your story ended well. Mine was horrible. It felt absolutely (laughs) horrible. (laughs) Um, So I'm already, like, pretty uncomfortable with, like, emotions and being vulnerable just already. Um, And just because being vulnerable oftentimes means having to deal with this entire spectrum of emotions. And that is just, quite frankly, not my jam. But I remember this one time in high school, we had this... We were supposed to make make a poster. poster that had six words to describe ourselves or to describe our core values or something like that. And I chose some words that reflected my really personal religious belief and religious faith and how important that was to me. And so I got up to present and I was like presenting my poster and the entire class like legitimately just stared at me. Like I had just like murdered someone in front of their eyes. Like (laughs) literally they were like, it was just uncomprehending. They were just so disengaged. so like here I was bearing my soul to these people that I barely knew in high school. Um, and I was like, <laughs> like bearing my soul, like I was an extra in like the Freedom Riders or something. And they were just gawking at me in this awkward silence. Um, and I legit think I would have rather like had them bully me. So at least I could have claimed being a victim or something. It just felt, it felt absolutely horrible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's terrible. Your story reminded me of one um, when I was younger, I thought I was an amazing piano player. And um, my sister thought she was a really good singer, which she might be, but it wasn't at the level where, like, we should be publicly performing. But um, my sister was going, my other sister was going to have the baptism performed. uh, And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to play the piano for her (laughs) baptism. My other sister was like, I'm going to sing. And, like, neither of us were probably qualified to be doing so. And I was such a cocky little kid. Uh, like I was like no 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 I got this and my mom was like do you want me to come up with you like I heard you practicing it wasn't that great I was like no of course not I ha- I've i got this um, and so like we get up there and I start playing the piano I am not kidding you that song was not recognizable it was just like <laughs> me pounding on the keys with no recognizable tune and my sister was like trying to sing along to it and nothing was like working well so like eventually just like stopped playing the piano and went and sat down on the stand and my sister and I just both sat there crying because we were horrified at what happened and afterwards we like went down into like the regular congregation and this old lady like had a little girl she was like look honey it's the girl that played the piano and I was like shut up it was a very vulnerable thing but incredibly incredibly terrible to experience so
1: that's so funny it sounds like your uh, past self could have really used our last episode about the Dunning-Kruger effect and you 100%. might think you're great at something <laughs> and maybe you're not that good
0: 100% <laughs> so I appreciate you guys sharing all that I know it doesn't come easy to all of you cough cough Ethan (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh, you're not wrong. Like literally this entire conversation is my personal nightmare. So you're just lucky I'm so dedicated to this podcast and just uh, really want to get famous. So
2: (laughs) I find solace in the fact that you're so uncomfortable with this. It reminds me of the video that you share every single year, like clockwork of um, this chip bag. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh my gosh yeah the one okay yeah, that video is funny. I think it's funny at least where it's like uh, it says me opening up to other people and then I'm I'm holding this empty chip bag and then I reach into it and I pull out another empty bag of chips from the inside of this other empty bag of chips and I just feel like that's very accurate like right when you think I'm opening up to you there's actually just another layer. Um, There's so many other good memes online I feel like that make jokes about stuff like that. Uh, it's just so good. I feel like the meme content is just very, very good. And it honestly probably <laughs> speaks to like a deeper level of emotional trauma that our generation faces in regard to vulnerability. But man, does it generate some good meme content?
0: That's what's important.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, so just for anyone who's listening and is curious, um, the term that we're gonna be spending the rest of our podcast on, is Vulnerability Hangover, like we mentioned. Um, And it was coined by the well-known storyteller and researcher, Dr. Brene Brown. We call her Sister Brene Brown at church because we're like, she's just one of us. Um, And it's Women's History Month, so let's give some credit to the woman whose work this entire episode is centered around, right? Yeah. Um, Shout out to International Women's Day. Uh, So Brene Brown has done tons of work on this and has literally written probably a dozen books surrounding this topic. So we could go on for this forever and that's what we're gonna do. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, We just wanted to share some specific examples of vulnerability um, so that we all have a good idea of what we're talking about when we talk about vulnerability hangover. So some specific examples of vulnerability that we've all probably experienced to some degree um, include something like quitting a big job, starting a new scary job, owning up to making a mistake and taking accountability, saying no to someone, uh, going on a first date after a divorce or have or after you haven't been dating in a while, reaching out to someone that you haven't talked to in a while, trying a hobby you know you're not gonna be good at, um, sharing your personal insecurities etc. So do you guys feel like you have a good idea of what we're talking about when we talk about stuff that requires some vulnerability?
2: So basically what you're saying is if it has your stomach and not you are you know in sweats. <laughs> that you're probably being vulnerable
1: (laughs) dang if that's the case then I must have been super vulnerable after my mom was forcing me to eat all that chunky milk
2: (laughs) shout out
0: to our first episode
1: that's what they call a callback ladies and gentlemen and our loyal (laughs) listeners will get it um but yeah no it seems like a key part of being vulnerable is also just being uncomfortable often
0: yeah that's definitely one way to look at it um So knowing that we're talking about vulnerability hangover, where do you think the hangover piece comes into
1: this? For me, it's probably like, when we're in bed, and we're thinking about how the day went. And then like, you just get that sinking pit in your stomach about how vulnerable you chose to be. And all you can think is like, oh my gosh, how could I have ever thought that was a good idea to like share that experience or to like talk with the person in that way. I feel like that's where the hangover part comes in is when you're like reflecting on what you just chose to be vulnerable about.
2: Yeah, definitely. So all I think about in those who know me, my mom's a raging alcoholic. So hangover, I'm thinking, um, it's the after effect. (laughs) So something's happened and you are feeling the effect of it (laughs) later on.
0: Yes, 100%. So exactly, that hangover piece is essentially the after effect of when we decide to be vulnerable. It's kind of like the emotional cringe you get when your mind and body go into damage control (laughs) because vulnerability always includes in some way a loss of control, right? Um, And usually a vulnerability hangover is us trying to regain the control that we lost in some way. So it kind of looks like the text you send after you have a really deep conversation with someone Uh, And the text looks a little something like, hey, thanks again for talking to me last night. Sorry to dump all that on you. I know it was a lot. Um, Which is really like, hey, please forget everything I've shared and never bring this up again. (laughs) Um, Have you guys ever sent a text like that?
1: Dang, Jessica. I feel like if you keep asking these personal questions, like the next thing I know, you're going to be sending me a bill in the mail for this therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) I got to be careful. Um, But no, I've like literally sent so many of those texts in my life. Um, like to the point that I now have a rule for myself that I am not allowed to make any big decisions or like send any heartfelt texts at night, especially like right around bedtime. Um, I, I legitimately like force myself to sleep on it because usually when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, yeah, that would have been a really bad idea.
2: <laughs> I've, I don't think I've ever sent a text like that um listen I play chess the long game so I think about what could the possible outcome of this be and how can it be bad for me and go a different way (laughs) good good well I'm happy to know that I'm in good company and that uh,
0: we've all experienced similar feelings maybe we haven't sent that exact same text but we we all get the
2: general idea so is like being vulnerable or having this vulnerability hangover is it a bad thing
1: Yeah, I really think it can depend. And Jessica, you're the expert for this episode. So feel free to chime in. Yeah, don't Um, forget it. (laughs) But like vulnerability can be a good thing. um, But vulnerability is not the same thing as oversharing. And I think one of the things that Brene Brown talks about often is that it's really important that you're sharing your story with people that have earned the right to hear your story. And I feel like for me, one way I know someone has earned that right to hear my story, is if if we have a sense of trust between each other. I feel like in most cases, I don't go from like, 0% vulnerable to 100% vulnerable with someone, but it's very incremental. And as they show me that they appreciate my vulnerability, and know how to handle that vulnerability, uh, that trust builds.
2: Okay, that makes sense. I guess you think I can think of it like casting your pearls before swine, like, You can't, you know, give that information or that, those feelings and thoughts to just anybody.
1: Yeah. So wise.
0: (laughs) I think that's exactly right, Crystal. So, I mean, vulnerability vulnerability hangovers are probably ultimately a good thing. Uh, But it can be exhausting. So we don't necessarily want to not have vulnerability hangovers, but I do think it would be helpful to offer some tips to recover from them so that they don't feel as painful, I guess, as they do when we originally start. So what are some ways that you guys think that we could kind of help others to recover from vulnerability hangovers? Not avoid, but just recover when we do have it.
2: I think it's, um, again, namesake for the podcast But really, naming it and pinpointing that okay, like this is what happened. I am having a vulnerability hangover. This is why I'm having this flood of emotions, and um, then having a way to track that, whether it's journaling, um, journaling, or meditating, or something along those lines.
1: I love that. Yeah, like learning how to name it. (laughs) I feel like every week we like somehow manage to give ourselves a pat on the back for like, or a pat on the back for like look how, (laughs) look how good our podcast
0: is.
1: (laughs) I love that. Um, Another way I was thinking is to practice self-care and just be kind to yourself, like validate your own emotions, remind yourself of who you are and who you want to become and remind yourself that being vulnerable leads you ultimately to where you want to go. And also noting that it can be really hard and that's totally okay. It's totally okay for vulnerability to be something hard that we experience. I also think that we should 100% normalize being appropriately vulnerable. Um, There is such a stigma about someone who is vulnerable, like that it means that they're weak or that they're needy. And that I feel like is just so wrong. Um, Vulnerability is like fundamental for building meaningful connections. And I also feel like we should especially normalize it amongst men. Uh, Brene Brown has this great story she tells in some of her TED Talks and in her books, um, about this man who came up to her at one of her book signings and basically said that people, the people that are the hardest on him for being vulnerable in his life, aren't other men, but the women in his life. And so, just the idea around normalizing vulnerability, I think, is so important. Um, have you guys ever seen the movie Billy Madison with Adam Sandler?
0: Yes, I might have seen parts, but remind me.
1: Yeah, so, okay. This is like a totally a random tangent, but I don't think I've actually ever seen the movie all the way through. But there's this great scene that I want everyone who is listening to this podcast to remember when they think about how important it is to normalize vulnerability. So in the scene, Billy, who is Adam Sandler's character, he's on this field trip with a bunch of other young school kids. And right before they get back on the bus, uh, one of the kids pees his pants and the kid tells Billy about it. And this kid is obviously super embarrassed and you can tell like totally ashamed that he peed his pants. Um, So in order to help that kid avoid embarrassment or maybe even getting bullied by the other kids, Sandler splashes water onto his own pants. And then when one of the other students points out to everyone that Sandler peed his pants, uh, Sandler's character talks about how it's cool to pee your pants and that everyone his age does it and, and yada, yada, yada. And so not only does this kid not get embarrassed because of his own accident, but all the other kids end up peeing their pants before they get back on the bus. So for everyone listening, every time you choose to be vulnerable, just remember it's like peeing your pants and that it's super cool. And perhaps even more important um, when you have someone else in your life who chooses to be vulnerable with you. Um, let them know that it's cool. Like congratulate them for peeing their pants. And then maybe you can pee your pants as well in a sign of solitude. I just, I think that's uh, important to normalize it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great example. Thank you for sharing that, Ethan.
1: (laughs) Yes, I bet you didn't think that we'd be talking so much about urine on this podcast, (laughs) but here we are.
2: I'm lost. I'm just at a loss for words, but (laughs) uh, do you guys think uh, being vulnerable is worth it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's risky. I ultimately think so. I think a lot of us fail to recognize that like, vulnerability is also the place where emotions and experiences that we kind of crave as human beings starts. So it's the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, all those emotions that we kind of seek after. Um, and as uncomfortable as it usually is, I feel like vulnerability is ultimately what fosters connections with the other people around us. So it definitely can give you a morning after headache, but I think it's long term effects will really help us to grow and develop the relationship that we're looking for with ourselves and others. So those are just my thoughts though. But, um, okay. So to finish off the podcast, I want to ask, what's your one sentence takeaway?
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, this was very uncomfortable. Just like the idea of vulnerability is one that's hard for me. Um, but I want to follow Brene Brown's advice and just ask myself whether or not the people, I'm sharing with have earned the right to hear my story and that goes both ways. Right. I feel like sometimes I default to not sharing with anyone, but like if someone really has earned a right to hear my story, I want to be honest with that and be vulnerable with them.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I feel like for me, Crystal, don't worry. This is just going to be one, not two. Um, (laughs) I want to help promote vulnerability by making others feel like they have a safe space to be vulnerable and thanking them when they do. And In that, like, I'm letting them know that I appreciate it and I honor it. And, um, yeah, that's my one-sentence takeaway.
2: (laughs) So following suit with what Jessica normally does, I have two. (laughs) So um, my first, I would say, is telling myself that it's okay to be vulnerable. Um, Because, like I said, I have, like, this distorted view of vulnerability of, like, it being a way for someone to have an upper hand on me or... I mean, in in all honesty, like Ethan said, like it's not the right view, but some people will view it as weakness and that's kind of how my view of it is. So one, telling myself that it's okay and also making sure that other people know that it's okay for them to be vulnerable. Um, This is a safe place.
0: Cool. Thanks, Crystal, for your seven sentence takeaway. (laughs) (laughs) Since you have a lot to chat about, Crystal, do you want to introduce our next episode?
2: I would love to. So our next episode is going to be on scrupulosity. It's an OCD theme in which a person is overly concerned with the fear that they are doing something that goes against their religious beliefs or that's uh, immoral.
0: Cool. Looking forward to it. Um I just want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you guys so much for your vulnerability. Um it made this so much of a safer place. <laughs>
1: yeah. I already have a hangover. <laughs>
0: uh we hope you'll join us for our next episode um and we'll sign off until then. Bye. Thanks so much Bye. everybody.
1: Bye.